Grab a seat. Welcome into another edition of the Pit Stop here, presented by Pittsburgh Sports Now and the Sports Now family of networks. There's a bit of the music that I wanted to lead into the show. I am Mike Osti, and that is Mike Bacovacan, and we will be joined by former Pitt Panther, former Central Catholic great. I'll give him the region as well. Johnny Patrician here in the middle portion of the show. Before that, we're going to talk about what kind of happened with Patrician's former team there in the Pitt Panthers losing to Georgia Tech this past weekend and what that means for the rest of the season, how that hiccup could have occurred, kind of under the radar hiccup, but it's one that exists for Pitt. And then kind of what's going on around the, the sports world in particular, of course, with former Pitt Panther Heisman candidate Kenny Pickett, who will go get the start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Finally, Pickett mania is here for the Steelers. Didn't really work out with Mitch Trubisky, so it will be Kenny Pickett against Josh Allen. Steelers are heavy underdogs, but Pickett's certainly been in that role before. So, Mike, before we bring Johnny on, I do want to get your take. And Pitt Falls to Georgia Tech. We talked with Eric McLean of the ACC Network and ESPN recently talking about how Pitt needed to flex their muscles in these games. And if they do, they could have an outside chance of really crawling up the rankings and getting top 15, top 10 yet again, where they were entering the season. You lose that game to Tennessee, but it didn't wasn't too bad because you're without Slobus and Tennessee's a good team. You lose this game, and it being a conference game, that's a whole different story. What are your thoughts now about this Pitt team after the loss? How surprising was that loss to you? And what do they need to do now? Because not to say Pitt's still doing the pitting thing, but it feels like a pitting type of loss for a team with a lot of hope this year. Well, there is no way uh, that I I – I'll admit that Pitt is going through, uh, you know, some is- some issues regarding familiarity with, uh, you know, offense. They're dealing yeah. with a ton of injuries. But that withstanding, I didn't 100%. think there was any way, even taking that aside, if they were playing a better opponent, I thought, you know, I, I would think that maybe that would have some impact. I just thought Georgia Tech was so bad uh, in the fact that they were 21-and-a-half-point favorites – yeah. There was no way they were going to lose. Um, and as I was one of the people sitting at Akershire Stadium in the rain on Saturday, <laughs> uh, miserable as hell, um, I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It, it, that first half was – first three quarters were some, was some of the worst football um, that I've ever seen uh, from Pitt. Uh and I've watched them for a long time. It, it was the defense was good, but the offense was just, um, and it can't be the weather. You know, I, I was waiting for somebody to bring that up as an excuse. There, there's something wrong with them right now. Uh, and I think it's a combination of things. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, the biggest thing is, and this isn't an excuse, they still should have beaten uh, a terrible team in Georgia Tech, but with, when you combine all those things, a new system uh, that everyone's yeah. trying to learn, your two two your top receivers coming in, 
learning the quarterback and then your quarterback not playing for a while, not throwing meaningful throws since the Tennessee game. Injuries all over the place. They just look like a team that had no rhythm, no continuity, uh, no nothing. And uh, it better change. Um, Virginia Tech isn't a better than an opponent. They're as bad as – Right. Almost as bad as Georgia Tech is, hence the line of 14 or 15 points. Uh, But uh, that line means nothing after what we saw last week. So I don't know what to make of it. I I would assume uh, Pitt's going to win. But after what I saw last week and uh, just the the pathetic display by everyone in the offense, that includes the offensive line, the quarterback, uh, the wide receivers, and I'll give their running back some slack because I don't think they play too bad. But everyone else were just uh, downright awful. It was a really, really rough day at the office, already getting scary for the Pitt Panthers, and we're not yet at Halloween. Mike Fakovica and Mike Osti here. This is the Pitt Stop, Pittsburgh Sports Now and Sports Now Family of Networks. Johnny Patrician will be joining us here later on in the show. I, I'll say this, though, Mike. Uh, as we saw last year, and I'll just caution Pitt fans to don't – and once again, I'm not being a homer because that here, here's the funny thing, Mike. And, and I, I saw your tweet and I, I will, I will attest that you, you have definitely crushed Pitt before when they yeah. deserve to be crushed. Here, here's the thing that cracks me up. Uh, when I crush Pitt, I'm accused of being a Penn state fan. Right. And when I support Pitt or try to take their back on something, I, I get accused of being a, uh, you know, a homer, and you know uh, a fanboy and all right. that. So, so I think sometimes Pitt fans just don't know where exactly I sit because I probably just call it right down the middle. We can, we can maybe ask our guest his opinion of you since he has the Penn State and Pitt blood within him. I'll say I'll <laughs> say one thing before we bring Johnny in. Yeah. I would caution Pitt fans to not totally jump ship, right? Because. This team is still, despite what we saw on Saturday, I think this team is still very talented. I think they still have a favorable schedule. Yeah. And I still think they have the parts uh, in the coastal. It wouldn't shock me at all. And I still think they're, despite the loss, I'm still putting Pitt as a favorite to win the coastal. I I still think if you're going to lose to any team, Georgia Tech was the team you wanted to lose to because they're not going to win too many more games and you're not going to have to worry about head-to-head with them. Right. The pit is they have to beat North Carolina. They have to beat Virginia. They have to beat Miami. And that's still ahead. So if they do that, everything is still on track. This 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 is not a bad football team, uh, talent-wise. They're just not playing up to their capabilities right now. And, it, it, you know, it is... It is something that needs to be said, too, about this is a defending conference champion. However, Kenny Pickett is not there. Mark Whipple is not there. You are changing systems. You are adding a new quarterback in. And the elephant in the room that nobody really wants to discuss, Jordan Addison not being there, when Slovis decided to come aboard to Pittsburgh, he thought he was going to be able to throw to Jordan Addison, who was the Bolitnikoff winner and best receiver in the country a year ago. He's at USC. Not exactly saying him being there all of a sudden this team is undefeated and going to win a national title, but it'd certainly be easier to have a veteran who, who who had been there to be able to throw to. So a lot has gone against Pitt. Also injuries that you brought up as well. But 
with all of that said, it is a loss that you just can't have. But, but I'm not going to buy into that, Mike, the, the okay. Jordan Madison thing. Just here's why. It would be easier, though, to have a veteran receiver. It, it, it would be easier, but you still need for you. Yeah, but you still need time to throw the football. And right. And I'll still, and, and I'll still get and they on had this. worked together before. And sure. I'll still and I'll still say this. And I wrote this the past week. If you ask me right now, the yeah. most disappointing aspect of the pit football team this year, it's the play of the offensive line. Uh, Which was supposed to be a strength exactly. of the team. Keaton Slovis is not Kenny Pickett in the sense that if something breaks down in the pocket, he's able to move around, right. extend the play, and make a throw. But he still needs he still needs a few seconds to throw the ball. As and any QB you don't have would. time to throw the ball, <laughs> right. you're not getting it to Jordan Addison. You're not getting it to – you know, you've got Jerry Rice out there. If, right. if your quarterback is not yeah, able yeah. to drop back – uh, and have a reasonable amount of time, um, he's not going to complete. And this week we found out that, you know, their best offensive lineman didn't play against Georgia Tech, Carter Warren, on the mm-hmm. left tackle, which obviously uh, which obviously affected things. The line, is, the line is, to me, is the biggest problem on this team right now. Second is uh, – Frank Signetti needs his play call. They need to develop an identity on offense. And I don't believe they've done that yet. And I don't know how much of that is because of uh, secretly or quietly how uh, cautious he's being with the way his offensive line is playing, because I think when they're that bad, that changes your play calling. Oh, hundred percent. And Pittsburgh fans who are also Steeler fans have certainly experienced that the last several years, and we'll get to that later on. The offensive line is what drives the whole bus, even though they're very underrated in terms of a unit in all segments of football. Mike Pacoba again, Mike Oste. A little bit here, we will have Johnny Patrician join us, former Pitt Panther, former Penn State Nittany Lion, as we'll talk about Pitt, and then later on after Johnny talk about Kenny Pickett starting for the Steelers. But I think your offensive line point is a really, really good one because, Mike, this team almost lost the back air brawl to West Virginia. If they would have lost that game, one of the major reasons why if they would have lost the game would have been they really lost the battle of the trenches, what everyone thought was the key going into that game between the defensive line and Dante Stills of West Virginia and Pitt's O-line that many thought would be one of the better offensive line groups of the entire country. Five sacks on Keaton Slobus in that game. So Pitt's offensive line has had their hiccups this year. They've had their issues. Pitt maybe is lucky to have the record they are. And to paint the picture, because you did talk about the Coastal still certainly being something that Pitt absolutely can still win, which entering the year, you ask Pat Narduzzi, you want to win the division, you win the division, you then have a chance to win the conference. You win the conference, the Power 5 major conference still, and still top three, you could say. You're going to have a solid situation bowl-wise, and this hiccup does take you out of the playoff, but who knows? You can still have a very, very special season, but it does put pressure on winning against North Carolina in those games because we have talked about before that maybe those games could be that one loss hiccup and they're still a good team, so it wouldn't be the end of the world. You now cannot be afforded that again because this Georgia Tech loss is a really – really bad one when you look at resume wise. I mean, they got blasted by Clemson. They, let me look at their losses here. They lost to UCF who has been vulnerable this year. They're no longer ranked. And the ranked team they lost to besides Clemson is old miss who they lost 42 to nothing. And old miss has been a team granted in another conference in the sec that has been right there 
in both of our rankings near Pitt. So at this point, if you're deciding if Pitt's going to get ranked again or where they would get ranked, obviously Ole Miss has set themselves as being better than Pitt, still winning and having that that common opponent where they just totally dominated. So that's where this vibe now is for the Pitt Panthers here. Outside of the offensive line here, before we add Johnny on, and then even Slovis's play, because he's also dealt with injuries. It is a new system, unlike Pickett, who had been familiar for several years, five years, and then a couple years with Mark Whipple. What would you say would be a key to that Virginia Tech matchup in particular for Pitt? Because Virginia Tech is a team that they're not ranked. That's not a good Virginia Tech team. They've lost this year plenty, and they lost to West Virginia pretty handily. That's a team that Pitt beat. But who knows at this point? In terms of that matchup, is there a key for you? I think Pitt needs to score first. I think they need to – uh, need to score offensively first. Uh, I, I think they. Uh, I think if they show something early in that game, I think a lot of, some of their problems of the last few weeks, as far as moving the ball, um, will go away a little bit. But I also think they need to do it through the air. Uh, it, I think they've shown all year the ability to run the ball. Uh, a problem that they've had, and this has been a surprise of mine. Uh, another uh, thing that surprised me. Uh, a bit yep. is how uh, ineffective their wide receivers receivers have been. You know, you brought up Jordan Addison, and you know, if you're talking about that, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring. Up, I'll agree with you on that. He obviously right. he's gonna help with this. I thought these guys were gonna be a lot better at this point than uh, they were. Um, unfortunately for them, at this point, I don't see and it's four games or five games or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I don't see an explosive guy there that's uh, is going to catch a ball and then is a true one. You don't see a kind of a replacement. Well, Jared, yeah, Jared Wayne is a very good receiver, right? But I don't see a guy that's going to take a fight like Jordan Addison does. Uh, yeah. Takes a six yard ball and turns it into 25 or 30. Uh, the guys now are maybe catching a five-yard ball and taking a 10. We're not, I'm not seeing the explosiveness yeah. that I thought we're going to see out of, you know, maybe Bob Means, Cofield, okay. some, some of those guys, which has been uh, a little bit surprising on my part. I, I thought they were going to be a lot better uh, than they were, but I will say that it's still early. It's still a new system. They're learning the quarterback. They haven't really thrown a lot with Keaton Slovis. People are talking about he needs to anticipate and throw ahead to a receiver instead of waiting for them to get open. I still think he needs to trust them, and they still need to know what they're doing. I don't think those two positions are on the same page yet, which is why you know yeah. we're not seeing a lot of stuff in the passing game. And it's easier said than done. Yeah, it's not like, again, you had years, you had months to get this chemistry rolling. You don't really have a traditional one and 50-50 balls. That's all going to be won by Jordan Addison. Who knows now? We do have our guest joining us here in the pit stop here again by Pittsburgh Sports Now and the Sports Now family. Johnny Patrician, former Pitt Panther, former Nittany Lion, Penn State Nittany Lion, and also 
I will give him former Central Catholic Viking, as I also <laughs> am a Central Catholic alum. So, Johnny, first off, thanks for joining us. And, and I will actually lead you in by saying I know we were supposed to do this last week with you. And you had a lot going on that we understandably uh, gave you a pass and we brought you back on this week. So before we get into Pitt and your thoughts about your former team, what were you dealing with for anybody who's not aware last weekend? Yeah, well, first off, thanks so much for having me today, guys. I'm excited to join the show and uh, talk to you guys about some ball. I appreciate it. Yeah, but, yeah unfortunately, last week, uh, this, this Northeastern boy experienced his first hurricane. And uh, wow, it, it was honestly unexplainable. Um, I thought things, things I saw firsthand, I thought they only happened in movies and television. And uh, I watched the whole hurricane from my window. Um, luckily I'm very fortunate and none of my belongings were, were damaged, but, um, you know, the things from driving around town down here, uh, seeing houses, boats, cars torn apart. It's, it's really sad. Uh, yeah. you know, businesses, I mean, people's lives were torn apart. So, um, I, I was very fortunate, like I said, but, um, it's, it's like, it's like a movie and it was like the town down here is like a zombie apocalypse right now. It's pretty crazy. Where are you exactly, and what's the state of the town? What's the current, you know, it's been a week later. What, uh, yeah. you know, what's the landscape of where you are right now? Yeah, so I'm in Naples, Florida. Um, I'm down here uh, staying at my trainer's place on standby until I get picked up again. So uh, I'm sure you guys know I've bounced around from a few teams yeah, yeah. in camp and uh, so over the summer. So now I'm down here training again and staying ready. I'm at my trainer's place, uh, who's very nice to let me stay and work out with me every day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm in Naples and we, everybody expected the hurricane to hit Tampa, which is about two hours North of here. So, um, I guess at the last minute it made a turn for Naples and was a direct hit here. So, um, we were without power and air conditioning and electricity for probably five days. Um, wow. Wow. My parents, my parents are still up in Pittsburgh, and they were freaking out because they were watching the news. I can but, imagine, <laughs> but I communicate with them, so they wow. uh, yeah. they had no idea what was going on. So I was driving around for a few days trying to find some service, and uh, I finally got a spot. So I pulled over to the side of the road and called everybody, and sat in the car for about an hour to make everybody, you know, let them know that I'm okay. Uh, I'm a big boy, and I I can survive on my own for a few days, but um. You know, no restaurants were open, no grocery stores, uh, you know, gas stations were all shut down. Uh, it, it was really crazy, and it's really nothing you can prepare for. I filled out my car with gas the day before the hurricane. Um, I went to the grocery store, but... At least you uh, did those things. I mean... I know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit. You know, some people, Floridians, <laughs> yeah. they've been through a few of these. This is my first one. Yeah, right. wow. Former uh, Pitt linebacker, Johnny Patrician, joining us now on the Pit Stop. John, let's get you into the uh, current state of pit football. Um, you've been around. Uh, you've been around winning. You've been around losing. Obviously, you know the uh, the mindset of fans and everybody have changed a little bit since last Saturday with Pitt. Uh, what are you seeing right now? I'm sure you've kept up with the team. Uh, what are you seeing with the team that's going on right now? And is there is there something? Is it just uh, a bad stretch. What are you seeing the, the biggest problem right now that's uh, going on with your former team? Yeah. Um, 
I was able to watch the game on Saturday. I've watched all the games, but uh, I was going to miss the game because we didn't have power electricity here. So I actually um, I drove over to Miami. Do you wish you would have missed the game at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I drove miss over one. to Miami on Saturday afternoon uh, to stay the weekend with one of my buddies, and they weren't affected at all. So I was able to watch the game there, and um, it was disappointing. Um, obviously, you know, being a three-touchdown favorite, against the Georgia Tech team at home in the ACC opener. Um, you know, I don't think that was the result that any of us expected uh, is what we got. So, um, I, you know, I, I keep in constant communication and contact with multiple players and friends on the team and coaches. Uh, I talked to a few coaches the other night on the phone for an hour or so because, um, you know, I don't have the inside scoop like I used to anymore. So, um, <laughs> so they, they told me what was, what was going on and um, – I, I think they'll be, be able to get back on track. And I, I compare it to, like, last year, I, I said publicly a few times, I think the Western Michigan game was really the best thing that ever happened to us. I mean, it okay. was painful as heck in the moment. And, you know, everybody gave up on us, and it was embarrassing to lose to a MAC team like that. But it really exposed um, flaws in our system and our scheme and our game plan that allowed us to improve down the line. And at the end of the season, looking back, it was better that that was exposed in week four or week three than, you know, in the ACC <laughs> championship. So, um, and I mean, there's just so many new parts. I mean, there's a new offense that everybody's getting used to. Um, you know, we've had many different quarterbacks. We've had three different quarterbacks so far. So, I mean, people think you can just plug and play, but there's consistency and communication that you need to get used to. Um, between players and not every player is the same everybody has a different playing style so I really like Slovis I think he's really impressive um, and I think I think he's played a lot better than what people are, are giving him credit for um, I think the offense would benefit from letting him you know spin it a little bit more I think he, he, he's great I mean we have a great rushing attack as well but I, I love to see the guy throw the ball a little bit more I hear that. Yeah. Johnny Patrician here from our Pitt Panther joining us here in the pit stop brought to you by Pittsburgh sports. Now, now I do want to ask you kind of from, cause we talked a lot about Slovis being a high level quarterback, but it is a chemistry process. It is a maturation process. Just plugging a guy in. This isn't a video game that we're dealing with here in real life, but from a defensive perspective, if you know you're facing a QB that you don't think has built chemistry with his receivers with his weapons that's still learning, especially if he's not fully healthy, that had to miss time, etc. Is that a situation that you're feasting in? And how does that change the defensive game plan? Could that also be the problem that defenses are salivating at this situation, even though understanding his talent? Yeah, for sure. As a defender, you know, it's kind of like a shark. You smell blood in the water. Um, right. And, you know, anytime a quarterback is limping into a game, you know, you, you want to get after him. Obviously, you don't want to hurt anybody. But, um, you know, you, anytime a quarterback is not at, at full force, you, you want to get after him and take advantage of that as much as you can and put pressure on him. And especially yeah. when you sense things like inconsistency, you know, with, with chemistry, like you said. I mean, these are all new receivers. I mean, Slovis hasn't even known these receivers for a year, you know. Yeah. Um, let alone on to know exactly what the other guy's thinking in a, in a split second. Um, so, and, and learning a new offense. I mean, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, 
and it's same thing goes with with the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there's a lot of new linebackers in there and transfers. And I was talking to some coaches this uh, the other the other day, and they said, JP, like, you know, it, it didn't click for me overnight. It, it really didn't. It took a while for me to learn the defense coming from Penn State to Pitt, and then one day it just clicked, and I understood it all. And you know, you have to be able to think on the fly and make adjustments and audibles and checks, you know, in milliseconds and, and know your assignment. And when you're thinking too much, it's going to slow you down and you're not going to play. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a learning process and I expect them to get better every week as the season goes on. Um, last, thing, last thing before we get into your uh, current situation, um, knowing Pat Narduzzi, knowing the coaching staff there, you know, the fans are freaking out um, and, you know, some of them are giving up on the team. What's Pat Narduzzi's mindset? Does he, you know, uh, realize, does he address what happened last week and try to create a little more sense of urgency? Or is it just business as usual and he's just going to trust that the talent on the team that he believes in is going to figure things out? Or, is it, or does he press it a little bit this week and make sure that they're, uh, you know, realize that they're, Oh, and one right now in the ACC. Right. Um, you know, with, with any game, a win or loss, the, the the common theme across the country, a lot of teams use the 24-hour rule. You know, you don't want to get too high or too low after a win or a loss. Um, especially with an unexpected loss like that, I think you kind of just need to pretend like it never happened. You want to learn from it and, and move on. And, you know, you don't want to be licking your wounds in the next week. I mean, it stinks. And, and you got to face the fact that it happened, acknowledge it. Um, and when you go over the film, you need to grade the performance, not the performer. So guys need to, you know, take coaching and not get defensive, not take it as a personal slight, but realize that they're grading the performance that's on the field. And um, so I think they need to, like I said, learn what they could learn from that game and just forward and put it behind him. Like I said, we kind of did that with the Western Michigan game last year. I remember we had a uh, players only meeting the day after the game. And, you know, that's kind of the mindset we had is, look, it happened. It is what it is. We can't change it now, but let's learn what we can and maximize the, the positives from this and, and take it forward with us and put all those tools in our tool belt. So um, coach Narduzzi, he's not, one to pay attention to what you know fans of the outside world is saying which I <laughs> we love, know that right <laughs> right which i love about him you know it's kind of right. like our families in this room and everything outside of it doesn't matter you know the noise is there but you don't hear it um so i love that about him because he's ready to go to battle with the people that are in that room with him and um you know coach narduzzi he loves having a chip on his shoulder so i think this is just you know more fuel fire and, and he'll take it with him and he'll prove people wrong on the way yeah, we, we definitely know that about him as well. And it's worked out. So have people that have that chip on their shoulder, it often leads to success. And certainly it was the case last year for for uh, Coach Pat Narduzzi and, and the Pitt Panthers. Talking with Johnny Patrician here for a few more moments on the Pit Stop, presented by Pittsburgh Sports Now. Mike Fakovic and I'm Mike Oste. So I do want to kind of ask you, you mentioned that you're training down there in Florida and unfortunately had to deal with the hurricane while down there. But you and yours are okay and you're, you're dealing with it as best you can. So I'm glad we got you back on the show. But... Is there anything you can tell us in terms of have you received any phone calls, any looks, any possibilities? 
where's your future maybe guiding you or taking you that you can talk about in terms of trying to get in the National Football League? Certainly your, your goals are there. Yeah, yeah. So everything's in front of me. I was with um, the Buffalo Bills for minicamp, and then I was with um, Washington for, for minicamp for a little bit. And then um, so in the offseason, I came down here to Naples, Florida, where I trained at for, uh, for pro day uh, process. And there's a lot of other, you know, NFL guys here as well. And um, so now I'm just training on standby, staying ready. I'm in the best shape of my life. Uh, my agent, who I'm in constant contact with every day, um, is talking to different teams every day. Um, you know, Any of the NFL guys that obviously the fans would know of that maybe you're training with that you can mention? Yeah, so uh, all summer long I was training with Matt Milano, who a lot of people compare me to. You know, we have similar playing styles going from safety then to linebacker, and he's having a great season with the Bills so far. Uh, Gardner Minshew is another guy that was okay. down with me. Um, Will Harris for the Detroit Lions. There's a handful of guys down here. Um, and so it's, it's great, you know, working with those guys and, you know, pushing each other and competing. And um, so it, it's fun. And, you know, we, we get a lot better and we push each other. But um, as far as my process right now, so the guys that are on teams, you know, they left and I stayed down here. Um, and I'm just training ready for – staying ready for my opportunity. And my agent and I are confident and optimistic that um, – you know, we, we should get an opportunity here soon. Um, you know, it's, it's young and it's young in the season right now. And uh, the way things work is like you work out with some teams and I've done that recently. And a lot of times, you know, they're doing their homework early so that when an opportunity right. down the road does come along, they already knew, they already know what direction they're going to go in. Um, last, thing, last thing, Johnny, what's this like for you? Uh, uh, how often are you looking at your phone? You know, did, is it tough? You know, I know you said it's it's fun, but it, I'm sure it also has. This is your livelihood. It's your dream. You wanna you wanna play in the NFL. You wanna make uh, you know you wanna make it to an NFL roster. Is it hard also just to try to keep uh, you know try to keep yeah. positive and uh, try to keep making this fun? Extremely, uh, extremely stressful, uh, and it's a different challenge that I've. Um, I haven't faced before, you know, it's really how long can you sprint without knowing where the finish line is? And, uh, so the challenge every day for me is to go a hundred percent in these workouts and I'm getting my butt kicked every day, pushing myself to the limit when you don't know when it's going to pay off. Yeah. Um, that's the hardest part because it would be easy to, you know, say to yourself, Oh, you know, I'm not playing football this week. So I, I could take a few reps off here. You know, yeah, who would know? Right. Who would know? The teams aren't going to know if you took a day off. Exactly. Right? So that'd be the easy thing to do. But um, I'm very confident this will all pay off soon. And uh, I know I'm, I'm meant for this. And I've had my back against the wall before so many times throughout my career. So those moments, you know, really prepared me for this. And I'm much more mature now and I'm learning things about myself. Um, I'm down here. It's all it's too hot for me right now. I mean, it's like degrees <laughs> on the field every day. I want to be back and I went home a few weekends ago to visit my family. And I'm like, wow, this weather is amazing. But um, so I'm getting better every day. I'm reading a lot of books and learning how to cook on my own. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So Any any uh, conversation that maybe you had with, uh, maybe you wouldn't want to release this, but it, with uh, Kenny Pickett about the Bills? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, that's actually funny you say that because um, – I talk to Milano all the time and uh, Kenny as well. And, you know, they're, they're both great competitors and they're excited yeah. to 
face off against each other. I'm gonna I'll be tuned into that game for sure. You said you you said you cooked. What's the go-to meal right now? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you guys know. I've talked about it a few times before, but I'm 100% vegan, plant-based. So, okay. um, my cooking, the things that I make for myself are a little bit different than what everybody else would eat. You know, I'm not making burgers or anything like that. Um, last night I just made some some chickpea pasta, which is full of protein. Um, so, but you know, we're making baby steps here. You know, at Pitt, <laughs> I, the Steelers chefs making my meals for me every day. So, so I'm getting there slowly but surely. Yeah, those meals are really, really top notch at the facility. So it's hard to hard to get that bar. I almost tried to call that guy to see who do the cookie table at my wedding, actually. But oh, the cookie! I, I thought about it actually. Yeah, because those cookies are just out of this world. You can't beat them in terms of every one of them soft. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. Right. It's just it's like a a, a machine. The best. Uh, Johnny, we we definitely appreciate the time. We know you're a busy man. You have a lot on your mind and and also tons of respect to you obviously because you had a great career at Central Catholic, Penn State, Pitt, and it is difficult to sprint without knowing the finish line. So, you keep on the way you're going and you're definitely going to get there. So, we definitely appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I Central Catholic guy, I like you even more now. Yeah, there you go. Yes, I, <laughs> I am a Central Catholic alum. I, I, I'll let you see maybe on Twitter where I went to college, though. See if you still like me. Okay. But I am, I am a Central Catholic guy. Yeah, so I uh, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the support and for having me, guys. And we're gonna make this happen for sure. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Johnny Patrician, there, former Pitt Panther, former Nittany Lion, former Central Catholic Viking, and future wherever in the National Football League, but he definitely will get there soon. We definitely yes. agree that he's going to get there very, very soon. He's working down, down there in Florida and spent time, Bills, Washington. It's it's going to happen for him yeah. for sure. So I, I definitely think that's, that's going to happen here in the not-too-distant future. But to segue and finish up the show, a team that Johnny Patrician almost was a part of in the National Football League in the Buffalo Bills, they will – meet the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of talk about the Steelers being a heavy underdog. I don't know if you saw Mike, but Von Miller has been doing the media car wash to kind of basically say that's not true. He doesn't want the Bills to be known as the heavy favorite in the game, but in reality, they are. There are many people's pick to win the conference. The Steelers obviously struggling, losing to the Jets. That's a pretty bad loss. Kenny Pickett, though, now going to be the starter. Doesn't necessarily fix everything, with the Steelers, though, you still have similar problems on offense. He did throw some interceptions, even though he also got himself in the end zone. So that doesn't mean everything is now all of a sudden corrected. And other problems and other parts of the team as well, outside of just the offense. What are your thoughts about that game ahead and Kenny Pickett now getting the reins? The decision to give Kenny Pickett the keys to whether this be a Cadillac, a Honda, whatever it is. Do you like the call? Would you have maybe waited a little bit longer because the schedule is getting brutal? Do you think he has a chance with what's around him and what's in front of him to really have success? What's realistic expectations for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers right now? I don't know how much success they're going to have. And I don't know that it's important to have success, to be honest with you, as far as team success. Uh, I'm not going to, I think it would be, uh, you know, uh, the Steelers aren't a good team right now. And they're not, I don't think they're going to be a good team this year. Uh, so I think if you're not going to win, uh, I know coaches will never buy into this, but I think it's always better to be really bad than to be in the middle. Sure. I, I just do. In, in, until you're at a part where Steelers you, never do that though. Right, they exactly. hate that. They have admitted before they want to crawl into the playoffs and lose rather than yeah. win two or three games and be better in the draft. Deontay Johnson though, did bring up recently. He kind of 
peddled this back. Yeah, but he did bring up about we're in a rebuilding year, so right. it's not the end of the world. They would obviously never agree or admit that. Yeah, and I just think it's going to be important for Kenny. And I think you put him in when you put him in. I don't think you hold him for soft part of the schedule. It's the NFL. You, you can't yeah. wait for uh, opponents that you think are soft. Eventually, if you're going to win, eventually you're going to perform. You have to play against the best. And this schedule coming up here is no doubt going to be tough. Uh, Bills, Eagles, Dolphins, Bucks. Uh, that's not easy. Um, but I'm excited for Pickett. I, I like what he, I like the, the spark he brought last week. The key now is the challenge now is, you know, it's a spark because it was his first game and first few series. How long can that go? Is that, can that spark go for, yeah. uh, eventually there has to be results and there has to be wins or, you know, people, you know, he'll, he'll feel the same way as Trubisky felt. Uh, but I, I think if we see the offense moving a little bit, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about the offense being a problem too. The defense better get its act together here too. I was going to say, there's other. That's why I said other yeah, problems. It's not just, just, it's, it's not just the offense, and because they were in a position to win. And right. once again, uh, the fourth quarter, uh, the Steelers' defense, which is what guys are making a lot of money, uh, didn't didn't perform. Yeah, they, they were bad um, against a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback. So, uh, you know, I know all the focus is on Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett and stuff, but uh, it's a team thing here. And another thing that has to happen is his receivers need to make plays for him. Uh, I'm losing. Uh, there was a debate on the Claypool pick, yeah, right? Whether that biggest, was on Claypool uh, or Claypool. AP. Yeah, yeah, I'm not the biggest Chase Claypool fan right now. I, I think <laughs> he's a guy that's – and he's been this way for two two years – He's six foot four, two hundred and some pounds, and he plays like a uh, a five nine receiver. And if that's yeah. the case, get get him out of the lineup. I I, I honestly don't think it would be a terrible move. Uh, I don't think he's a guy that's ever going to live up to expectation. Uh, I don't think it would be a bad move for them to look to deal him before um, the trading deadline. I, I just think he's one of those guys that uh, is always going to tease you with the way he looks, and he's just not going to ever. Uh, be a maximized producer. He's just gonna, uh, yeah. he's gonna disappoint you more than he's gonna uh, wow you. That that first interception yesterday, any receiver or most, I shouldn't say any because he didn't do it, but uh, most receivers with his size and height are going to uh, at least go down and knock that ball down. Most of them make the catch. And all these excuses, it wasn't a perfect ball. Every ball in the NFL is not going to be perfect. The ball was, instead of having your arms like this, get the ball at its highest point. It's real It's real simple if you're a professional receiver. I'm, obviously, I'm not. You watch the <laughs> tape. Yeah. You, you saw what happened there. Anyone and anyone can see what happened. And he, he let his quarterback down. Not that that was a big play. But a lot of people are going to have to help Kenny Pickett out. It's not going to be – Kenny Pickett is not going to win the game for the Steelers. He can help them win, but he needs help from his playmakers and he needs help more importantly from his defense. Yeah. And he's saying all the right things. People love the moxie about him. Obviously he had comeback moments. He's been an underdog in college and then ended up with a legendary career. It can happen. We saw in the preseason, but doing it in the NFL regular season is a different animal. 
So I'm not surprised there were interceptions there. There's going to be growing pains. At this point, with Mitch struggling, you had to give it to Kenny Pickett. He is the future. This is a rebuilding year, whether the Steelers like it or not. They're never going to admit it, but it is. If you lose right. games with Kenny Pickett, it's not the end of the world, like it maybe would have been when you had a veteran who you were paying money and were going to trigger incentives if you kept playing with, with Mitch Trubisky. So I like the decision. Yeah, it might be a few losses in a row. It might be bad play in a row. You're not going to pluck him out of the lineup, and we'll see. And Chase Claypool was one of those receivers – and players in the entire NFL, we talked about this before the year, that had more pressure on him than maybe anybody else to step up after a bad year last year and a solid rookie season, and he's not so far delivered. I don't think he'll be dealt, but that'll be interesting as well. So, Here's- yeah, we, we will we will definitely see. But there will be growing pains there, and it'll be a really, really tough go these next few weeks. But you had to go Kenny Pickett at this point. Here's the other thing, Mike, is it's a rebuild, but – it's almost, and I, trust me, I'm very leery about putting these two organizations together. It's almost like they're the pirates in the sense that, <laughs> wait, wait, let me, let me continue. Okay. Anyone who doesn't see the video, that yeah, would be yeah, with my you, eyes yeah. wide open if you're just listening. There's parts there. It, it, it's not a, it, it's not a team that you're like, oh, damn, this is, this is going to be a while. Right. If they pick it wasn't there, you have hope yeah. for the future. There's there's a lot of parts on the Steelers. They just don't have enough parts to uh, to be a legitimate contender. But when you're talking Pickett and you're talking Harris, George you're Pickens. talking Pickett, Pickens, you're talking Fryermuth, you're talking Deontay. J- there's P- there, there, there's there's something there. It's the same yeah. with the Pirates with okay. you know a handful of players that they have yeah. that I think they're not as far away as people think they are if they get help from their owner and right. uh, Sherrington uh, is able to bring a couple guys in, they're not that far away from, uh, from being a fun team to watch and being a team that can win. And I think that's the same with the Steelers. It's a rebuild, but it's not that far away. You're, you're, yeah. There's a few pieces. And the good thing is a lot of the core pieces that are going to make the Steelers good, they're young. They're not, Right, and, and even old. even T.J. Watt, who's been hurt this year, he's yes. still very young. He's in his prime. Usually, the teams that win championships, they have a solid quarterback, solid running game, solid receiver who can be a one, a really solid linebacker, maybe something in the secondary. Certainly, the line, the offense, defensive line, and these are just seg- segment pieces that you look for, and obviously you need to build a lot more around them and a coach that's experienced. Well, the Steelers have are checking off all of those boxes yeah. to this point. Now, it just is the situation that I don't think Steeler fans are used to because Mike Tomlin has literally never had a losing season, certainly experienced success even prior to Tomlin, even though there were peaks and valleys with Bill Cowher. And obviously, everyone knows the franchise that every year the fan base wants to win a championship. That is not realistic in pro sports. That is not realistic even in the NFL where you can go last to first and back again. So that just that was not going to happen this year with anybody at QB. This team was not a championship caliber team. They're an average team. We are clearly now finding that out for anyone who wasn't aware of it. You might as well go with Pickett. You're seeing the future. There's reason to hope for the future and have hope. But it's evident that anybody who was saying, oh, they can win the division, the Bengals are going to come back to the mean, who knows once you get in the playoffs, etc. That was fool's gold. It was never going to happen. So this is a different era of Steeler football to root for that fans haven't experienced. 
but there is reason to be excited and certainly be excited when you have the forget going to pit and all of that. This is the only first round quarterback from the prior year's draft. No other QB was taken in the first round and he is now your starter. That's reason to be excited. Less than a year ago, people thought they're going to have to deal with Mason Rudolph and whether he would be enough or who knows what the situation would be. And you got to be excited at least about having Pickett there, but growing pains will exist. That'll do it for this edition of the show. Mike Fakovic and Mike Osti. Once again, thanks to Johnny Patrician. We will see where his NFL future takes him to follow him on Twitter to find out where eventually maybe he gets signed. We didn't break any news here where he could say, Hey, I'm going to sign with this team, but it's going to happen for him. And we're also glad that he was able to make it out of dealing with the hurricane last week. Find at Pittsburgh sports. Now, of course, all over where you can listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., and here on our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.